and hear yeah. you. My hair look okay? <laughs> out of place right there. At this point, I'm just happy to have hair. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. So sad. <laughs> okay, let's let's dive in here, you kids. Uh, okay, you ready? Comes your way in three, two. It's the Collecting the Beatles podcast produced by The Garage Door. With us is our Craig uh, Owens, our co-host, and now uh, Craig, the author of such books as There's a Punk in My Garage Somewhere. <laughs> what else have you written, Craig? Oh, not much. <laughs> You want to Mr. Take Mr. Robert Rodriguez, the author of such books as FAQ, Fab Four, and the Revolver book. Uh, what else have you written, Robert? Uh, there was something called uh, 50 Fabulous Years. That was that coffee table book with the DVD. And uh, it, it, it was reprinted a few times as something else. But there are two more in the works, one very serious and one serious and light at the same time. Nice. Watch the space. Okay, we, the announcement will be coming, and our guest today, Mr. Pete, I'm um, Pete, uh, I'm going to give it a good shot here, Pecoraro, is that correct? You got it, you oh. got it, good going. <laughs> First try. Thanks, <laughs> thanks to Robert, and then in, in what we do on Collecting the Beatles podcast, we just talk to collectors and talk to fellow friends, and we just talk about what's going on, what they've collected, what, what's interesting to them. So uh, I think let's start the discussion. The, the latest news is the uh, McCartney 3 uh, coming out in December. Uh, Pete, how many variations are there? Do you know? Um, I, last I saw 10. <laughs> and yeah. 10 known variations. <laughs> then there will be oh, the accidental got... ones that slip through that people will pick up on too. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Well, don't oh, forget so the, the big one. Go ahead, Robert. I was just going to no, something like the long la wrong label or a misprint on it or something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, the yeah. inadvertent that, ones. And right. that's part of what we, what we talk about here. You know, sometimes we, we go into the collecting, and uh, for me, it's just it's the music is number one. You know, that's plain and simple. But it's wanting to grab some sort of piece of that music, maybe psychologically, or grab a, you know, a piece of this thing that, that means so much to me or, and to us. Uh, mm -hmm. That but happened the, 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 to me recently on something that's a, a callback to a show we taped in the summer when we were talking about the punk and new wave stuff. You remember the A&M records, uh, No Wave and Propaganda? Yes. I just picked up on a sealed, clear promo vinyl of No Wave. Oh, that stuff's fine. Five bucks. Oh. Whoa. Hey, now. Yes. Yeah. I, I was very happy. See, if that kind of stuff comes my way, again, as you're saying – you love the music, you start, that, that's your baseline, but if it's got some sort of emotional resonance to you, which it does to me, because those were my record store days, and those were, mm -hmm. you know, when the world of music was so exciting to explore this cool stuff that nobody else knew about, it's like your secret hiding place, then yeah. that, you know, at 50-something, that still carries something with me years after the fact, even if I never crack the seal and just look at it, it's got some power there. I totally agree with that. I was thinking about this in, you know, like kind of gathering some thoughts for like, like what kind of collector am I, you know, mm -hmm. um, it, for a discussion like this. And to me, I, I collect from the heart. It has to, it has to capture an emotional touchstone somehow, some way. And mm -hmm. so my, I think my collecting is pretty idiosyncratic mm. uh, in that way. But a release like this, it, it, it rankles me because it, it devolves down to, I call it stamp collecting. Um, not that I have anything against philatelists. I mean, <laughs> for, for what they <laughs> do. Or, yeah, or, or, coin, or coin collectors. 
but to me that it just it sucks the joy right out of it i'm you know and i'm sure there you could collect sort of contrived collectibles yes. rather than absolutely yes. yeah. i remind I, i'm reminded of going like into like a hard rock cafe you know or something and they'd have like all of these pins and then they'd have the special edition pin you know and it's like and to me that was like it's so it's the, it, there's no way i'm ever going down that route Right, because you're you're creating something to fulfill the impulse to collect that isn't like genuinely collectible in the sense of exactly the stuff we collect. Like what brought me to mind when when Craig and and uh, Troy and I were talking last time about who do we know Beetle collectors, and I thought of you because I know you're one of these guys that if you know there is a 45 edit of a particular song. Yeah. And it makes it like hen's teeth because that record didn't do too well. And suddenly you're on the hunt for it because you know it exists, but it's not yep. the kind of thing you can readily scoop up. Um, in this case, what came to my mind was it's what you value, George Harrison from 77 or whenever it came out. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was, it, was a, it was a foreign release. So you made it your mission to track that damn thing down. Yep. And, 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 and as you say, very idiosyncratic. It's not like, oh, 1,000 copies red vinyl of this record. No, it was a commercial release that vanished mm -hmm. and it made it all more valuable because there was something unique about it, which was that particular edit, which you were not going to hear on the radio. And right. even in bootleg world, it's kind of hard to find somebody who's got a pristine copy that they can create a flak file for. So, you know, right. that's the kind of thing that I find fascinating as a collector. It's like, it is about the music, but it's also about being a bit of a completist with something that wasn't put into the marketplace to be a collectible. What is, it? What, what is that release and tell us a story how you tracked it down um that it wasn't uh it was an edit it's i think it's a, uh, a uk edit um and uh it's so it makes it musically unique to me that's that's the thing that drives me if, if it's musically unique there's no there's no um lack of energy that I'll put toward, toward, toward it to, to, to find it. I mean, to, to ridiculous lengths. Um, and um, I just put, I just have them on my list and I, I hit uh, um, some of the known internet spots like eBay music stack used to be a good one where I would, I'd literally check that, you know, once or twice a week to see if somebody, mm -hmm. if, if, if it, uh, if it appeared. And then, and then I, I've learned from unspeakably bitter experience to, to like buy it right away. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and it's like, even if it's a, it's, it's a, a not justifiable amount of money. I, right. I, I, I go, I go and get it for the things I want. I'm, you know, I'm kind of, um, in, insatiable. <laughs> We're singing from the same hymnal here. Yes, we all are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Did it, Pete? Did it have a unique picture sleeve at all, or was it just a no. common stock? Common stock, generic, and um, it just, you know, finally one day it it, uh, it surfaced, and I was I was on it. So those those things that are I, that are musically unique edits, I I really go after those because a lot of them uh, haven't been compiled officially, anyways. But that makes them all the more um desirable something desirable. <laughs> yeah i mean i think about back when we were kids and band of the run came out and there was a wls radio edit for that yes so, you know yeah. promo copies if you can find that are going to be ridiculously high priced but then there's there's radio station edits that are done by the radio station themselves that are like burned into Custom touch, you know. yeah exactly yeah. like who are you that's single where there's so many variances of trying to get around the swearing in that 
the, the who are who the hell are you which was on the single but then i've noticed different radio stations even sirius xm have got their own versions of creating that smooth taking the f-bomb out of there twice yeah. and you know if you're passionate about the song and about the music you want every variance yeah yeah yeah, yeah. now pete is that on uh is that on dark horse the warner brothers dark horse yes yes it is okay, okay. yeah okay yeah i have a couple of like recently, I don't know if you guys can see this. This is um, Ode to a Koala Bear. Yes. <laughs> and um, I, that had I just played. I guess not, huh? Well, this is this is from Australia. Oh, okay. Um, and I learned recently that the Australian version of Ode to a Koala Bear is a completely different mix. Oh, I mean, that. I guess it makes sense that it that it was put out in Australia. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, 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 right. But but something like that. Um, is I, I will I will put an insane amount of energy toward finding huh? <laughs> finding something like that. Which so. speaks to how do you? I remember back in the day I used to subscribe to something called Ice Newsletter. Yes, I'm sure. Some yeah. of you guys remember that, yeah. and that would be a great sanctioned pipeline to find out where mixed variations existed or this is coming out in this country, not in this market, and things like that. It sort of gave you a roadmap to trace things, especially when they were new, being reissued. Where do people find this information nowadays? Because certainly from the sources, it's not like paulmccartney.com can say, oh, by the way, folks out there right. want to trace this uh, Australian pressing of Ode to a Koala Bear. You know, it, it's, it's yeah. where, where, where's the pipeline for that these days? That is an excellent question. Uh, there is no unified kind of like portal for, <laughs> for that, for mm -hmm. that type of thing. So um, some of the places about Chip Mattinger, Mattinger's book uh, was, is, is gold for, for <laughs> yeah. that type of thing. Uh, you know, so he, I don't know how he found them. It's just through like obsessive research. So uh, a lot of it comes, many of the good leads come from that book, but not all. Yeah. Um, like some of they escape all of us because there's worldwide releases of all of these things until somebody kind of like stumbles upon it. And then you stumble upon what they stumbled upon. Right. It's, it can be, it could go unknown. Uh, sure. Steve Hoffman had a, a, a a site for a while. I think it's inactive now. You're talking about the forum? Yeah. No, it's still People, going. It's still going. It's still oh. going. Okay. Good. Uh, I should I should get on that back on that because I got a lot of good leads from that. But people, um, obsessive collectors like us, there'd be just like that one person who, in a stray comment and like on yes. a, on, a, on a on a thread, would say, "Oh, by the way, yeah. <laughs> oh, no, well, uh -huh. I think that's where I found that one." It's like I didn't know that, and I'm as as you know drunk with this stuff as somebody could be and so <laughs> so, so it, it takes really kind of like a persistent nature i think the one thing i i, I suspect this is tr i know this is true of me it's like you ocd is probably like a really good thing to have if this is your thing <laughs> it's productive i suspect there's nobody on this call without it <laughs> right right it's just, and it's is is good. It's a very good thing. And it's a very bad thing. Yeah, well, <laughs> At the in, same, in this, in this, if you can channel it in the right direction, there you go. Yes, exactly. Check out the room behind Troy. Yeah, well, yeah, that's just one of the rooms. Yes, yeah. The drums aren't. The drums are over there too. Then they have the vinyl room. But you know what I what I like about it though is that there are people that just go after. It's, there's such a lot to collect, but just go after the 45s. You know, I'm just doing 40. I have friends that just do 40 you know, 45 promos. They mm -hmm. went to all the complete run, that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm a little broad, 
if I mm -hmm. see it, you know, oh, oh, yeah, that's cool. I went through a memorabilia phase. You guys ever go through a memorabilia phase? Oh, yeah. You were just saying a minute ago about 45 promos. What happens if you're a 45 promo guy and then you discover there's a 12-inch promo that's got a variant mix on it? You got to start. Yeah, <laughs> the, the 40th anniversary of uh, Starting Over, John Lennon. And that yeah. was like the holy grail for me for a while when I heard on the radio the extended fade out. Mm -hmm. It's like, holy shit, where do I get this? I've got the promo album. It's not on there. It's not on the yeah. stock 45. And it's like, again, in this pre-Steve Hoffman world, it's like, well, where do you find this information out? And going to record shows, you talk to dealers. Like, I just yeah. have here the 12-inch yeah. promo of starting over. And here's your four minutes and 55 second extended mix of starting over. So a bit of word of mouth when the stuff before yeah. it even got bootleg because it was especially so pre, especially pre-internet, you know, oh, that's, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Newsletters, the what we, and we call it the white pages. We used to get, we used to send each other uh, Belmo. Belmo was big in yes. that correspond a lot yeah. with Belmo. Sulpy. You can find, yeah. And Sulpy. Yep. We're yeah, still active. Yeah. And you'd try and search these things out or you'd hear about them, but I mm -hmm. still like record shows are fun to go to. Mm -hmm. uh, just, just to go, you know, just yeah. to try and find something. Definitely. Um, Especially you get to know certain dealers that, you know, you can beeline to because they're going to be the ones that have got the stuff you're looking for. Yeah. 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 Well, like for exam example, I spent years, I don't know if you guys can see that. Uh, yeah. This one, this one, yep. you know, spent years trying to get that down. Finally, I was set up at a record show and the guy had it for 10 bucks. It's like, okay. You know, wow. I mean, Holy you know, and I would have paid much more than that for it because uh -huh. it was just one of those you couldn't find. Is that a stock copy or a promo? That's a promo. Yeah. They okay. only did the, it's the, probably the last 45 promo, I think, McCartney's done, unless it's one of those manufactured, you know, collectibles, which. Is it mono on the other side or? No, they're both stereo. Okay. Both stereo, both 410 mixes. Mm. Uh, but it's just one of those. That's cool. You know hard to find stuff, but as far as the 45 is concerned, but back to steer it back to the McCartney. For those of you who don't know, Third Man Records, which is Jack White's record label, did a, they crushed up 333 copies of, or so many copies of uh, McCartney 1 and McCartney 2, ground those up, pressed it in a yellow vinyl. They did uh, 333 issues of the new McCartney 3, sold out within like seven minutes. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised it's going on eBay for five thousand dollars right, right about now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and then there, then there's the third man red vinyl, which is numbered uh, with a poster. Uh, what else is there, Pete? There's Spotify, which is like a clear a Spotify Coke colored vinyl one. Um, there's an HMV white vinyl. Um, McCartney through his own site um, has a red has a red vinyl <laughs> one. Wow. Um, those Target are the ones had a green like, one. Let's say there was a Target one, right? Yeah, the green, a, yes, green. yes, you're right. There's a Target, um, Target one. Are the they Target all super limited? One. Yeah, they're all yeah. Well, yeah. three thousand copies around, you know. Okay. The the uh, Newberry Comics had a thousand, a pink, uh, kind yes. of purple pink. Yeah. Uh, right. Limited mm -hmm. to a thousand. Uh, but all this, you know, I mean, it's fun. I get I got caught up in the frenzy and actually accidentally ordered two of the third man. Uh, <laughs> Uh, record so <laughs> i've got an extra one of those coming it's an which, color, which color did you get or are well, getting well i've got two of the red i've got the white coming i've got the uh uh purple from newberry i got the spotify <laughs> clear uh I'm, one, I'm one, one for each credit card right <laughs> yes, yes i'm hanging my head uh, 
<laughs> looking over his shoulder to make sure his wife's not listening. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but I get caught up in that. And, you know, I think that that can be a dilemma when you do, like, as we said earlier, that's a manufactured collectible. That's just made mm-hmm. by Paul's it marketing is. team to get this number, to get the album to yeah. as close to number one as possible. Was uh, there a yeah. similar story with Egypt Station with you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could collect whatever you want, but I that that is the area where I kind of like refuse to participate. You know, <laughs> it, it, it's a rabbit hole that uh, yeah I, I would just soon pass on. I, I'd rather if I'm going to look for anything, find these weird pressings or edits or things like that. Um, you know, that are vintage. It took me years and years to find because I passed it up at the time, and then at some point in my life, oh maybe I should have this, and that was the picture disc from 1980. It's the the butcher cover. But mm-hmm. it was, I think it was Shea Stadium or something like that. But it was, it was a souvenir of the 1980 Beatles, Beatle Fest. Oh, wow. A limited pressing. And it looks attractive. You know, someday you stick it on the wall. It looks cool. But yeah. it, it was the last Beatle Fest before John was killed. And it necessarily yeah. was a limited thing. So at some point, I made the calculation, well, if I ever find one for cheap, you know, it, it'd probably be worth picking right. up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's, and you, a, that's the kind of collector I am at this point. Did you find one, Robert? I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, uh, yeah I, it was cheap. But, you know, there's all aspects of it. And, and you know, I'm into the sleeves, too. Uh, oh, this was a hard one for me to find. I don't know if you guys – this is – you know. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know, that, that was a tough one. That took me a long time to find. You don't see that out a lot, which is – it's my Bonnie. Wow. Uh, which is kind, wow, of, kind of cool. It's German press, but – uh, is that yeah. 64? No, that's that's 60, 62. 62. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. really so that white sleeve is not part of the original release. No, no, that's just a an okay. archival sleeve I put on there. Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. But there's Very there's neat. a couple variations of that as well, but uh, the 45 sleeves I think are a fun way to get collecting, you know, for people yes. that are in, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of money pre-internet. I mean, we talked about this on the last show a little bit that pre-internet, you know, like cold, a cold Turkey sleeve, that was tough. The hard sleeve. Oh to yeah. Find. Mother, mother was a hard sleeve to find. Yeah. I, yeah. I found like one that's, I'm not happy with it. It's this water damaged, but mm. I have it because it, it's just so darn hard to find and, and expensive when you do. Right. Exactly. And then you find things like uh, the Bukus of blues where you've got the variant on that because they put the wrong catalog number on it. Yes. Right versus a, a capital one yeah the so. east coast and west coast versions yeah. of some of the, the Beatles sleeves you know too or mm-hmm. can uh, can run you around i remember uh, sl- sleeves were cool that, that was one of the first things i kind of went after i mm-hmm. i remember getting nicholas schaffner's book mm-hmm. uh, and at the end of his book he just had kind of like a running order of like the nice checklist was, well yeah and it's like so and i literally used it as a checklist uh-huh uh, Found it, got it, and just and then kind of just kept on going. And uh, I remember early in my collecting, collecting. there there was um, those catalogs you'd find in the back of Rolling Stone, and um, I I wish I could remember the names of some of them. But there was one I think in Port Townsend, Washington, that specialized in Apple stuff. And again, picture sleeves are cool. You've got in the books, you've got pictures of what they look like, so it makes them that much more desirable because you feel like you can complete something yeah, the visual they, component yeah yeah highlight and then they would sell in there oh lady madonna with picture sleeve capital 
or Eleanor Rigby, Yellow Submarine, and you got them, and they weren't that expensive. It might have been 10 bucks at the time or something like that. And you recognize when you've got them, they're counterfeit. The pictures are slightly blurry. The typeface (laughs) is different on the capital label. Because you've seen the the, the eaten up dog-eared ones that you do have access to, and you compare them side by side, and you know the beat up old '60s copy is a much sharper picture than the one that's yeah. bought. And mm-hmm. nowadays it's kind of cool. At the time, you felt you were ripped off utterly, but yeah. it's like now it's like, wow, I have a souvenir of the of the age of ripoff. Circa <laughs> somebody along with my introducing the Beatles. It's sealed. It's sealed. Yes. <laughs> exactly. exactly. All all of a piece. I remember there was a catalog called Pacra. P A K R A. Mm-hmm. Uh, that did this this type of thing this pre-internet so it's all mail order mm-hmm. and that's where i got like bootlegs like rough rough notes um mm-hmm. and like, those things from like melvin record yes <laughs> Pecora, and, and, and then it had to be deal- completely it was illegal completely illegal you know right. mail order operation but i ordered a lot of albums through through those guys you know and the one those that was car records too <laughs> I wish I could remember the name of it. I think it might've been called Abbey Road or something like that actually, but they had a lot of import stuff. And that was where, when I, I came to the recognition early in my collecting days that, well, finding a pristine American Apple pressing of the wedding album sealed or with all the guts Difficult. is probably beyond my reach. But yeah. for 25 bucks or whatever it was at the time, I can get the Japanese pressing and still have yeah. everything in it you know, and be able to read the book and hang the posters if I wanted to. Then right. But I'm never going to listen to this album more than once. You know, you get a nice <laughs> pressing of it. So that was completely a valid, justifiable purchase to me. It's like, absolutely the American pressing, but at least I will have the experience if, you know. I, that is, col- that's collecting from the heart. That's what I, that's how yes. I think about it. That's how I say, so it's like, it makes sense to me. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. doing it. It can justify um, it in some way. Even though somebody else might say, well, you don't have all the American press things. You, you know, you've got this oddball thing there. Um, right. It's funny around those days, and, and Pete and recall glory days of Aladdin Records when I worked there. <laughs> and, you know, talk about being a kid in a candy store when oh, the catalogs from the distributors would come in and you'd be pouring over that, oh, no. metal box from PIL? I'll take one of those. <laughs> the things that you will never, ever stock in the store, but you can buy for yourself right. at, at uh, wholesale. And um, I remember at some point I wanted, because I knew it existed, the quad mix of Imagine for myself. Yes, uh-huh. uh, right. Yeah. So I, or no, the, the story was I cool. wanted the, the German copy of that. Uh, never mind quad, <laughs> I just wanted the German copy of it because I want a nice pressing of Imagine. And what came in was the quad. And I returned it because like, this isn't what I ordered. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> like an idiot. hey Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey Uh-huh. But you know, collecting collecting the forty fives is, is is an easy way to get into it. Craig is just now starting really to to collect stuff, and, and mm-hmm. uh, he likes the paper stuff a lot. Yeah. But you know, forty fives are fairly cheap. And you guys, it's fairly common. But this was a tough sleeve as a kid trying to find. Oh yeah, you know, the, the yeah. EP. I don't think I have that. You know, after just low low these many years, that's a hard record to find. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and in a decent pristine. shape. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very well, I happen to have an sleeve. extra one, Pete. I happen to have an extra one we can uh... <laughs> Let's pony up for Craig. <laughs> Make that known to me so I can so that I can finance your way to that yellow uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. vinyl for three 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 three. But you know, it ties back into it to a certain degree after it's 
I'm almost not ashamed, but I'm like, why did I get caught up in that frenzy? You know, the McCartney three thing. What, mm. what happened? What switch? Because emotionally, I, I am Pete. I, I mean, not emotionally, but philosophically and intellectually, I'm with you guys. You know, right. this has to have, but I get caught up in it. They push your buttons, um, man. They push you. Yeah. We all do. I've, I've looked at some things. It's like, what was, where was my head at on something like that? I'm pretty, I'm pretty disciplined, but, um, but every once you know, in a while. Every, every once in a while, there's an expenditure. It's like, wow, that you know, I should have thought I should have thought that out. <laughs> yeah, I put that honey trap in front of you. Yeah, exactly. Now, you guys growing up there in Bensonville, which in in, in is for people that don't know, it's in Illinois, uh, or as we say down here, Illinois. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, the VJ stuff was that fairly easily defined where you guys are? Uh, um, well, being the town we were, I mean, when you have access to Chicago. Pete, I don't know if you have similar t stories, but we had wax tracks down on Lincoln Avenue in the mm -hmm. city. And that was like a seven days a week record show because they did get collectible stuff, 60s stuff in and out the door. Some yeah. stuff would stay on the wall forever behind the counter, like, you know, an original butcher cover or something like that, or, you know, right. a, an actual bonafide 64 pressing of on stage with Frank Ifield on BJ. Things like that. You would just admire them when you walked in there day after day. Yeah. Man, someday, someday. Yeah. With uh, Beverly Records too, which is mm. known, which is a really you know known for high end collectibles. But Chicago is it's a dominant market. So there's just so much. There's just so many. There's just so many more collectors and the and mm -hmm. the population that I think we had access to just about everything. Yeah, there was a marketplace to support the effort by these these vendors to get that stuff in there because they knew they'd sell it right away. So you saw. I mean, there was some stuff there, like the V was. So I guess I'm asking, was the VJ stuff any more common there than? I I think common. In as much as if you wanted it bad enough and were willing to pay the price, you could probably get it. And if it wasn't in one of these record stories we're talking about, you know, every year Beetlefest would pass through town and that's when you had the national yeah. dealers there and you can go to town. I, I think I've told you before in the show that the very first Beetlefest I went to at Palmer House, one of the things that was on my to-do list with the money I had burning a hole in my pocket was pick up a copy of Two Virgins. And I yeah. did. And I recognized that in hindsight, I probably paid too much for it. But it was the kind of thing I had the mindset that, well, I'm never going to see this. This is like hen's teeth because I'd never seen it mm -hmm. in any of the other outlets, even at a record show at that point. So I better grab it just to, you know, complete my collection. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the there's the VJ the portrait cover. You know, that's a that's a holy grail for a lot of people. Do you have uh, the EP? No, Souvenir? I do not. Uh, no, yeah. I do see not. that stuff. I, I've got some of the vinyl, but not the sleeves. Like I've got the the uh, the capital EP you were showing a minute ago. I've got that on vinyl, but not the the sleeve, just because, mm -hmm. you know, you you can pay a boatload of money to get it in good condition to be a completist, or, you know, at best, I was always the kind of collector that if the price is right and the opportunity is there, I'll jump on it if it crosses my path. But it's right. not so burning a hole in me that oh my god I have to track this down to actively searching it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's more right. if it comes my way, I'm, I won't be stupid because I'll, I'll recognize the value. Right. Yeah. If I run into it, great. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna break a neck trying to find like the 45 that has like the oval brackets, uh, you know. Or oh the, yeah. The, that to me is like no way. I'm out. I'm right. out on stuff like that. Yeah. But but on the stuff that I'm in, I'm you know, I'm I'm obsessive. You know? <laughs> and that's a good thing about this kind of collecting is that there are different tiers to it. 
yeah. if you've got the deep pockets and the wherewithal and the time, you yep. could take it to that degree. There's a place for sure. you to go. If you're somebody who just wants to fill that slot on your checklist, you know, that's, that's to the extent that I consider myself a collector anymore. That would be the kind of thing that would satisfy me. Even if yep. it's not in tip top shape, I could say, well, at least I've got it. And I got friends, you know, our mutual friend, Ken, who will hold out for the best copy, but I mean, he's definitely absolutely got a ceiling. He won't pay the market value for anything. I don't think he ever overpaid for anything in his life. And therefore <laughs> it, it gives him years of being a collector because he will wait yeah. it out. Yeah. He decided some rules. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But Pete, you know, you had a good point too, though. If it's something you're looking for and you see it, grab it. Because if you. you yes. Yes. I, 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 my standard phrase is that I have learned from unspeakably bitter experience. <laughs> that, mm -hmm. that, I regret that the things I don't to, do, not the things I do. Yeah, you, you have to do these things. I, I'd say, oh, I'll come back for that, you know, and then it's gone. It's like, no, no, not anymore. It's like, it, it, if I really want it, then, you know, it's, it's, it's time to make move. it. <laughs> yep. Hey, Pete, what, do you have some other stuff to show us? What else you got there I in do, the stack? I, here's another thing that I collect that, you know, this, I, I think this is like, to me, this is like one of my idiosyncratic areas and really, to me, crucial. But this is a, this is a record by uh, Jackie Lee and the Raindrops. It's called, um, There's No One in the Whole Wide World. And I said, well, that's not a Beatles record. I mean, it's Jackie Lee and the Raindrops. Um, this is a song that the Beatles used, was in their their stage repertoire. Ah, in the, in the pre-fame wow. pre era. Um, they, they did it in a, for a spell in 1962. It was in their set for a while, and and then it wasn't. Wow. And I go I I go hardcore on on stuff like this. I've I've tried to find like every unique song that they did in the pre-fame era, which there are hundreds. There are yes. hundreds of them. Some what of them cool. are as common as like Chuck Berry. You know, it's no problem getting that. You know, you yeah. just pick them and. But things like this, this, this really is, excites me. I mean, it has been motivating me for a long time. I think I've got just about every important record, but every, every so often one comes along that, you know, that, uh, that I'm not, an, not aware of. And to me, that, that is just such an essential area. That is like, that's influences. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Somebody will, you know, want like 27 takes of Strawberry Fields Forever. It's like, okay, I do too. But they'll walk right past uh, like a record by Arthur Alexander or mm -hmm. um, Jerry Lee Lewis. And to me, that's as, that's as much of the story as, uh, as their story. Yeah. To me, this, to me I, and this, here's where my bias will come in. And to me, the story becomes less, far less interesting from Ed Sullivan on mm -hmm. because, it, because it's known. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's, it's so known. Right. Um, but to, this to me is kind of like a mysterious era because it's, it's, it's not ever going to be as well documented as we would want it to be. Uh -huh. um, you, I would love to be put back in a time machine and go back to 1961 and be able to, to see the show. <laughs> me too. Um, me this, too. Yeah. This, this is, this to me is the, this is the best I could ever do to, to put, to make that happen is to, is to assemble all of these records that, uh, that the lads were listening to and, and performing right. they were at, the, uh, at that time. And I've made my CDs out of it. And so it's, it's, this is a kind of like one of my idiosyncratic branches of, of, uh, 
Beatles collecting and and they're not Beatle records. <laughs> Pete, what are you using? What are you using as a reference? Are you using the extent surviving extent set list, or what are you using as a reference on that? Um, the, the place I started with that was the was the uh, the list that Mark Lewison had at at the back of his book. Um, Beatles Live. Beatles Live, and then the one that came after that was even more comprehensive. Um, what was the the recording uh, recording? Was it recording uh, sessions or, or, or no? Or the Chronicle. Chronicle, wasn't it? I can't remember. Chronicle, yeah. Chronicle put both books together, actually. Right. One book. Yeah, you're right. You're, you're, that would, and they have a list of about 300. He had, he had a list of 300 songs or so in that book. And then I, that book became a checklist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, um, and I'm not sure that all of those are accurate. I just took it at face value. That's like, okay, well, this, here's somebody, somebody has a document. I'll use it. And, um, and I went after, and, all of all of those records so you know go ahead robert have you seen that that beetle blogger that has an ongoing series of posts of the beatles with records and he's literally collating every single photograph he can find of the beatles in in whatever configuration that is holding up a record that you know these are like casual snapshots not like posed pictures of them in a hotel room or something like that and then a lot of times because the, the the record they're holding is not you know it wasn't being posed for so it's sort of at an angle or something like that and you've got to like sort of track down that back cover those liner notes yes and then somebody will find oh that is the 1962 you know here's james brown record or something like that <laughs> and that's another cool thing i mean what you're describing that's here putting yourself in the in the footsteps of the beatles and the music that excited them that is like a really cool niche of of collecting because it's so yeah. fertile and so virgin territory too it's not been yeah. mine to, to me it's absolutely critical to the contextualization of, of their musicality that, yeah of their music. exactly mm-hmm. exactly mm-hmm. you flip it over on some of these b-side flip over these records for some of the b-sides that yeah. they that they were listening to it's like that's is absolutely part of the story to me it's it's indispensable part of the story sure but yeah um, it's them as collectors right exactly yeah. exactly and I, you must have james ray yes yeah absolutely oh, you, you've got my mindset on you okay <laughs> or even better um the uh oh, what's the name of that song if, if you, you want to make a fool, fool somebody? somebody that is a great great record uh-huh um, this weird sort of R&B waltz that they did on stage. We know they did. I think they said Paul sang it, but then Freddie and the Dreamers were the one that had the hit with it. It's a beautiful song. I, I love that song. And, yeah. the, and they, they picked up- it up from the, the Beatles picked up on, I don't know if it was prior to George's trip to downstate Illinois, because we know he bought that record then. There, yeah. We yeah. don't know if it was already part of their repertoire, but once they started playing at the Cavern in Liverpool, other acts are paying attention to it. There's a great quote from Paul describing everybody would shut up all the other bands that were watching us when we did that song and picking up on it and tracking yeah. it down, adding it to their own sets. Yep. You know, tying into that, I've always wondered this, uh, what album is George carrying when he's going into the Sergeant Pepper series? You know, of course he looks a little like he's had a couple cups of tea. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah. His, he's carrying some album with him and I've always yeah. wanted to know what it is he's carrying in. Freak with out. There. Mother's Invention. <laughs> is it really? <laughs> I don't know. Well, oh. We know they were listening to it around that time. Wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But you know, then the, another area of collecting, a lot of people are into the promo 45s. Uh, I'm nice. with, with me yep. when I find those, you know, I'll get them cheap, but I'm not actively, oh, I'm going to get a complete run of the, the promo 45s. Uh, you guys mm-hmm. ever 
jump into that bandwagon. Well, it's funny seeing that label there, that, that yellow capital promo label just reminded me of the other time I got took back in the day when I bought the <laughs> promo of uh, Strawberry Fields. So I get the Penny Lane with the trumpet ending. Total yep. counterfeit, but I had it. Counterfeit, yeah. Yep. yeah. And there's if two promos. Oh, go ahead, Pete. If it offers something, this is one of the driving forces for me. If it offers something that's musically unique, mm -hmm. then um, like those radio edits we were talking about before, yeah. they're, they're not bootleg. They're, um, some of them are. But the, the ones that were officially released as a promo, mm -hmm. even though it's promotional in nature, it, it's an official uh, version. Right. It's an official variant um, on the actual release that is entirely justifiable as a collectible because you're getting something right. that's their music that's not available anywhere else. Like Jet is a good example by Paul McCartney where they, the radio version, probably everybody kind of, that would uh, strike a chord with everybody because yes. you've, you've heard it, but to find it, it was a, you know, is a, is a completely different uh, endeavor. So. And at this point, I'm happy just to have the flag file of it. You know, if, if I stumble across the, the, the vinyl, that's great. But just so I could play it at will, that, that right. I'm satiated there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you've got things yeah. like, speaking of McCartney in the 70s, a 45 only mix of Letting Go, not the album. Mm -hmm. I, I don't speak. Yeah, yeah the so-called hot, hot version. Yeah, hot <laughs> version. yeah, yeah. oh no. <laughs> Transposed yeah. to a major key. Um, I don't know <laughs> if that ever came out officially anywhere, even as a bonus track somewhere. I mean, if it did, I'm not aware of it, but that's the kind of thing that, if you were listening to radio in 75, that's going to be, it's going to resonate with you and yeah. um, you want it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a must have. As soon as it becomes music, musically unique, it's, yeah. it's, it's a must have for me. Mm -hmm. Pete, what else you got there in front of you? Okay. Now this is another area that I go down this, you know, this record, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the, the Brazilian version of, of the, of the album. Wow. And it's like, why bother? Right. Well, it's, it's a, Samba um, mix? In the, yes. And the, the fold down stereo. So it's not true mono. Wow. On these Latin American countries, like, uh, like Brazil, um, Ecuador, Venezuela, Venezuela, they, um, they did a lot of the fold downs and, um, they, I have to say they are musically, they are musically unique. It, it's a different, it can, it's a different texture, especially on that, on that record. Wow. Um, and I know it's a bodlerization because it's not, you know, it's, it's yeah, because it, it, but it's, but it is an official release just in a different part of the world. And mm -hmm. it, and I have to say that it, there is a different depth or texture to, to those, uh, they took the stereo and folded it down into, into mono. Uh -huh. I have a bunch of those. I go hardcore on, on anything that I can find. That you have mono ram? I do. Cool. I have the mono ram. I have stuff that I shouldn't have. Mono, a sentimental journey, mono, buku's <laughs> of blues. I mean, because, but, they, but they did make their appearance in um, parts of the world, mainly Latin America and South America, Uruguay, wow. uh, Paraguay, whatever. <laughs> um, so I found a, a lot of those and um, and that's have them. Cool. I have them transferred to CDs so I can listen to them more easily. You know. <laughs> uh, well, Pete, that's I'm, an avenue I, I would like to explore. I, I, I'm fascinated by that. I you, love I that think stuff. most people, if they knew about it and they had a chance to listen to this, especially this version of All Things Must Pass, I think they would concede that's like, yeah, that's kind of interesting. You know, that's it's 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 just a different texture to 
to the thing. Extra texture. I understand Extra that texture. it's stereo that it shouldn't it shouldn't it should have it shouldn't exist in a in a way, but uh -huh. there it is, you know. <laughs> wow. That's cool. You know, and the fifth gets coming up. I thought that back when they had the opportunity to do the Harrison Apple years, they really blew it when they didn't include the mono mix of Wonderwall in there, which yeah, is absolutely. a totally different listening experience. Yeah. And um, you know, I could see what you're describing here as being a very valid thing if they want to give us something that we don't have to death, but, but right. they won't. What, what would it have taken to, to do that? It's like the album is like 35 minutes long. I mean, it's like right. something, something like, you know, but there you go. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it, this is the peril of decisions being made by people that aren't fans. Right. Don't have the, the knowledge that, you know, all of us are walking around with in our heads that, you know, a five minute phone call, this is what you need to put on that release. Right. Who did they consult on things like this? Right. I mean, you. Accountant, the accountant department. The accountant, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, instead for... Oh, well, I was just oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry go ahead. In, Instead for the, the November Black Friday record store release, they're doing a George Harrison 45 of My Sweet Lord. Oh, yes, good. Now, that's a, that's a perfect death. example of stamp collecting to, to me. It's like, yep. I, it's absolutely, there's nothing that would be interest me about that record. Mm. Um, but... But you know, reasonable people can can, can disagree. <laughs> Pete, how many Are copies you want me to order? You? <laughs> how many should you order for me? Right? <laughs> well, third man crushes McCartney, up old copies. <laughs> with the McCartney three, they should, I'm 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 lobbying for a McCartney zero. <laughs> <laughs> Paul McCartney goes too far. Yeah, that's right. Well, Pete, why not show us some more stuff here? Okay, so that we were just talking about Wonderwall, which was a, uh, the mono one, which would be AppCore. So yeah. this, I'm not sh I should have got like the cover, but this is James Taylor's record. This is wow. uh, AppCore 3. Wow. Really very rare record, very rare record. Um, to me, this is kind of like just musically justifiable. It's like, it's, um, so those AppCore ones, Mary Hopkin had a uh, um, Lomax, AppCore uh -huh. 6. Um, Billy? Uh, Billy in uh, Latin America, there was like an AppCore 10 or AppCore 14, but not, but not US or UK. This is, a, this is a UK record. Yeah, wow. Uh, AppCore, AppCore 3. So that's another type of thing that um, um, I'll, uh, I'll, <laughs> I'll put undue amount of energy toward, and this is a very expensive record, you know. Now, have so you done he, the Pepsi he, Challenge, uh, Stereo versus Mono? Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, I, play, I play both of them, yeah. Uh -huh. um, it, it's musically unique, you know. Pete, wow. can you explain the difference between the SAP core and the AF core? I mean, what's, give us a little bit of background on that. Yeah, the, the AF core releases are, are, are mono. Um, they're mono versions of those, of those, of those better known albums. Even and they're not fold downs. They're and they're not pull downs, right? Yeah. They're they're unique mono mixes. Wonderwall is probably one of the best examples, uh -huh. um, but there are others. Um, Lomax's album is, is probably another good ex example. Two Virgins has a is a there's a mono version of Two Virgins, uh, mm -hmm. which is an AppCore, which is AppCore Two, I think. It's AppCore which One. Is or AppCore. I didn't think that was all that stereo to begin with. In the <laughs> right. I mean, it's it's like to it it's it's totally. It's crazy. I, I'm, uh -huh. It's crazy for me to, you know, to, 
to put some effort toward it. Um, but not completely so because some of the, like Wonderwall is a good example. This one too, Taylor's album. Mm-hmm. That, um, I have the audio for the, the, the mono version of, uh, of two versions. Uh-huh. I don't have the album because at the time, here, here, this is how hard something like that would, you would have to have been in England at the time and you had to send in and request it a, a via, via the mail. Right. You had to send a, a postcard uh-huh. or a letter to an office in London and they would mail you a copy of, of the mono two virgins. Mm. Just yeah. the cover, not the, not the album. Mm-hmm. You, can, there, you can get the oh, cover really? only for like $500. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So, I know there was a similar deal with King of Fu by Brute Force, right? That that was a mail yeah. order only. It was a legit Apple pressing, but I think only limited record stores actually had it on their shelves. But it was, this again, this surreptitious underground forbidden release right. that right place, right time, you could score one. But uh, otherwise, you had to wait till 2010 and come and get it to actually hear the damn thing. Craig, if, you're, yeah. not familiar, you, if you're not familiar with that album, it's by Brute Force. And yeah. the name of the song is The King of Foo. Okay. So you can see where we're going with that. <laughs> <laughs> a, bad, a bad joke that has been going on for far too long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> My kids love it. <laughs> <laughs> the King of Foo. Yeah. Pete, what, uh, now I don't know if you guys are into the Apple stuff. I love the Apple. These were fairly easily defined. The Apple mailers, those are kind of cool. That's you know? cool, yeah. You know. Yeah full of the 45s what else you got pete okay and then here's another area that i go down um this is um a record called tomorrow uh from of annie fame the sun will come out tomorrow oh <laughs> um not, by, not wildlife uh, uh, kate robbins yeah uh now you're not that tomorrow um and it's produced you it, you probably can't read it there but it's produced by mpl it's it mccartney produced uh this and this, this is uh one of his family members, a niece or a, I can't quite remember wow. what, who the extended family was. And um, so there's a McCartney aspect to it. It's, he, he's the producer on, on something like this. What year? Um, 1978. Oh, wow. Um, super hard record to find, kind, kind so of expensive. Mm-hmm. What's that? So it was not a hit. Not a hit. Not, not a, a vanity hit. project. A vanity project. Um, so that's the type of thing too that I would I would spend some time on if there was Beatle involvement. Um, I don't Do you have know, John Christie Fourth of July? Yeah. Yes. Uh, as as, as you, funnily enough, wow. I pulled that one out, and cool. I have the record that goes with this goes with the sleeve where it's uh, a McCartney composed song that very few people have heard. Produced by Dave Clark. Produced by Dave Clark. So to me, that is a totally legitimate. Some uh, there's a fellow who did a book called Undercover. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, uh, Chris Englehart. Yes, where he he has the he has the very best checklist or or resource for for this type of thing. And to me, um, that's another area. It's like that. Uh, why is that? Why I think a lot of Beatle collectors or collectors in general would kind of like sniff of that it's like who cares if Ringo Starr played drums on like a a record by Alpha Band or something like that but to me that that's it's just that's an essential part of the of the story yeah Yeah, so especially that that Paul wrote or or produced you know and Um, we had that the story with that was that we knew back in the day because I believe that was 1974 that came out and I think it was only on the market very briefly 
but um, we knew that Paul had produced a demo. And if I'm not mistaken, maybe somebody can correct me, in the James Paul McCartney special where he's doing the acoustic medley, that has been bootlegged and only a snippet of it made it to the actual special. But in the tape of that, he plays a snatch of Fourth of July. And it wasn't yes. until, I want to say, the Venus and Mars Concord release that you actually got the demo finally. You got right. Paul performing it. Pete, we don't have a lot of time, so let's let's get going. What else you got to show us here? Uh, Craig well, Craig has an appointment with the, his probation officer. <laughs> I got to check in. Let's see. I think I ran through everything that I pulled out, actually. So, um, so those are yeah. I don't have anything else to to show unless I run down to the basement. <laughs> well, that'll be for part two. That'll be for part two. Yeah, uh, but it gives now, you a flavor of kind of like what um, some of the things, some of the um, avenues that uh mm -hmm. on the subject of foreign pressings you're talking about the fold downs you just reminded me of one of these things that i picked up in my early days of collecting and it was straight out of beatles illustrated record and that was uh poor siempre beatles yes yes and yeah the value at the time was it had it was an lp that had the inner light on it and it wasn't until years later i acquired that copy i remember even to this day, I'm not sure if it's legit or not. It could be because I think it's it's from a <laughs> South American copy, but you know the the cover art isn't super sharp, and the pressing itself is not pristine. But I have it, and what's interesting about it is it's this weird compilation. It originally came out in 1971. It's got the inner light on it, but it has the entirety of the Magical Mystery Tour EP on it. So those six songs, and inner light. And I call your name. So it's like this complete through the blender, <laughs> random mix of Beatle tracks. Yeah. And, and I found out later on that they were trying to do their own version of a Magical Mystery Tour album where they cobbled together some tracks, but somehow something got lost in translation. <laughs> so it ended up a far, solid far less expertly one. than. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Again, not a Beatle fan that put it together, but uh, yeah. yeah. But it's cool because it's got the nice cover. And then I think it was an illustrated record of the Stones. They showed the uh, the sort of uh, Spanish equivalent of that, which was um, Sticky Fingers, which had the actual Sticky Fingers in a can on the cover. And because, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I have that too. They objected to uh, Sister Morphine being on it, so they stuck Let It Rock on there, a live cover. So yeah. Yeah. weird yeah. little offshoot foreign pressing things out there to collect are always kind of cool. Yeah. Pete, have you gotten into any of the 78s, you know, like the Indian press and the Pakistani no. pressing, the 78? No. no, I haven't either. Sundown Playboys? Yes. Oh, I'd love to have a copy of that. Yeah. I've got the No, 45. I never got into those because they, they, when I look at that, it's – I take the, the point of view. I created rules at the beginning, you know, that I don't go to the, the entire world unless it, unless it offers something that's musically unique. Then, then I will – then I will track it down. So I spent kind of like in standard releases or what I call standard releases. I can find my, you know, my collecting to, to us and UK mm -hmm. uh, yeah. stuff, unless something kind of like rears, uh, stands out like poor Siempre would be a good example or Australia something else. To a koala bear. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> where it's like, okay, now I have to have it because it's, because <laughs> it's, because it's, it's it's a different it's a different recording. Emphasis in the in the placement of instruments is yeah. different. Something's different, and then um, and then I you know then I then I'll uh, I'll try and find it. Well, I think Pete, you touched on a good topic that we can kind of close the show down with. Is if you create a parameter 
it keeps you from going crazy. I mean, I, and you know, a, a certain guidelines for you to, well, here's what I'm really into. Here's what's important to me. I'm going to stick with that instead yeah. of just kind of being all over the place. Maybe that's why I went for the McCartney things because I'm all over the place. I really need to create those. A stay in your lane. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, just saying, I'm not saying that I'm right and you're wrong or no, you're right and I'm wrong. I mean, it's, just, it's just illustrating the differences, you right. know, because I, I totally get it. I mean, um, Your wife but, would say you're wrong, Craig. <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> you know, it's funny as the, uh, the newbie novice of the collecting stuff, these different subsets you guys have talked about. You know, there's mm -hmm. things that I wouldn't have even thought of collecting music that the Beatles listened to like that to me isn't even something I remotely even thought of yet. So yeah, I think that's kind of spinning cool. right now. I know it, it is. And, and it's making me think about what where I want to take this, you know. So uh -huh. for me, this cool. is a pretty cool journey that I get to hang out with you guys and, and I'm learning stuff. And, uh -huh. and uh, I don't know if I'll ever catch up to anybody, but. But you're reaching a point of glass. But, but yeah, but now, you know, <laughs> like, do I want to focus on this or do I want to focus on that? Or am uh -huh. I going to be Troy and just make a wide band and grab whatever comes into me, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, you know, that, that's the cool thing fun, about man. collecting, really, is right. that you, you, you pick a lane and, and even stuff that's been floated here, maybe you can see sort of a niche for yourself as an offshoot of that right. because, you know, yeah. the, the possibilities are endless and, to be a completist is is absurd it's, right it, you just it can't absurd. do it anymore. i don't know that you can ever do it yeah nobody is going to have under one roof all of the beetle related records right. in the entire world you know, know. the 78s that you were just talking about troy like in you know the west indies and stuff right. like that <laughs> to me it's like at some point it's like that's why i created prince you stop the madness you have to you have to, <laughs> you have to stop the madness but uh but it's cool to listen to like like a new collector like um so it's maybe some of this touches on the, like, your collector's heart. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, I, maybe I could see myself going with that or going right. that way. And that's well, you, you were talking about collecting the, the songs that the Beatles and the, they played and influenced them to begin with. And I mean, that, mm -hmm. that's a cool thing for me. And that's something I'm interested in, but I never even thought of it until you said it today. So yeah, that, that's pretty cool, cool for me. That, well, you know, Craig, that ties into what, that ties into what you're in. Craig's really in, into to punk and, and garage real heavy. And that ties in that because a lot of that, like the Buddy Holly stuff, that's right. early rock and roll. You know, that's, right. uh, you know, there's all kinds of stuff like that because that could be where it bridges those two gaps Absolutely. of your interest yeah. or two areas of your interest. Yeah. yeah, sure. And sometimes it could be dictated by circumstance. I've known people that would go, it's sort of vaguely knowing they wanted to collect Beatles. They weren't sure what avenue to go down. And then they walk into a garage sale one day and somebody's got a stack of Beatles monthly magazines there, but it's yeah. not complete. And they're like, oh, it's 20 bucks for these, you know, 15 copies or whatever. It's like, well, damn, now I can go and find all the holes in this collection and right. complete that. You know, they didn't walk in there thinking, I want to collect Beatles monthlies, but then something got thrown into their path right. by fate and it's like, oh, this gives me a direction to go in. And and I've heard that story. Thing, yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, the circumstances dictated. But yep. all right, fellas, thank you very much. Pete, would love to have you on again. Yeah. yeah Sometime. Love you thank you. Thank you very much. This is a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I Just have to go map out. out your next trip to the basement. Uh, I don't know if you guys are do you guys remember that 10 year anniversary? I I just dug these out. Oh, 74? Uh, the 74, yeah. There's oh, very they cool. came out with the the you know now is not music doormat? related. Yeah, they're they're big rugs. They're they actually oh, is a cool. promo piece. There's this one. 
That's the rubber sole picture. Remember you were talking, uh, Robert, about you had the mirror. Yeah. Huh? Another one. That's I'll the, be damned. I've never seen those before. That's uh, cool. Got those wow. from Marty uh, there at Beetlefest one year. Marty Ack. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I love all that stuff. All that promo stuff too is cool. But that's cool. Right. I, I still need to get one of those styrofoam that the, the four heads put together, 74, 64, 74. You have that? Well, yes, I do. And there, see, there's the Wings companion piece. Okay. They did a Wings and they is did that Wings the, fan? Uh, uh, no, no, no. That's, that's the Wings from 74, 75, oh. 75, 75. Oh, cool. Same material. Wow. Uh, the same same wow yeah it's a big circular 75 70 i think it was 75 do you have any uh, of the anyway. moguls the, the record store things that would hang on fishing line yes i've got those yeah yeah, cool. those yeah. Are those right above us is the wings over america mobile i'm afraid this computer may mess up but i don't know if you can <laughs> see it there, oh yeah, right yeah. There. yeah. Oh, that's cool, cool. Yeah, I love that promos. Of course, I Pete, uh, I worked in a record store. Love records. I all this is really. I want to have a record store. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I, <laughs> I love the yeah. promo stuff. You've done a good job of it. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Very cool. I see all right, some space that's not occupied yet. You got to fill that that's up. That's right. I got a little room. <laughs> got a little room. <laughs> well, gentlemen, thanks. This has been collecting the Beatles. Put on to you, produced by the Garage Door. Have a great day. Thank you, guys. Anything in closing, Pete. If people want to get a hold of you, good place on Facebook. Where would be a Facebook. good place? Facebook is probably the easiest way to find me. Um, okay. I don't have a website or anything like that. Um, There's uh, groups Facebook. people belong to that you uh, post stuff, right? Like uh, Apple Records and things like that? Yes, that's true. All of the Facebook groups, uh, collect, yeah. uh, uh, Collecting Apple, Apple Collectors. Uh, I think there's Beatles Forever on there. But my name is pretty unique because of my unique surname, Pecoraro. So... Uh, if you find, if you look for Peter Pecoraro on Facebook, I, you'll find me. Oh, and then my, uh, my Bensonville, Bensonville remembered in photos. That's since that's a unique, yeah. uh, page title. You could find, you can message me about anything. Beatles, Bensonville, <laughs> solo Beatles. Uh, but it, it, that probably would be an easy way to at least locate me. <laughs> okay. Yes. And Robert Satba, of course, anything upcoming you will, you need to talk about here on this episode? Oh man, um, just just it's a busy time. I pretty much got shows taped through the end of the year, but uh, next one should be going live in the next forty-eight hours or so. It's a conversation with an academic from Australia named Duncan Driver on the breakup, the, the road to the breakup of the Beatles. Who he put together this fantastic article that basically synthesized all the known events, and once you see them in a linear pattern, you could absolutely get a better sense of what was going on in their final year. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yeah. yeah, that sounds very interesting. Yeah, great guy. Craig, anything coming up for you? What do you got going on? We've got, we're have got we back to the radio station, I think, week yeah, after next. We'll be uh, back on the air. Next week, week after, whatever. And uh, things will get back to normal a little bit for us. So, <laughs> so Craig, what are you, real fast, I know you got to get out of here. So, right now, what's picture interest more? The, the 45s, you know, going into the songs, the Beatles? Yeah, you know. that, I, that really has interested me. So that, I think that's where I may uh, may venture off here later today. So, All right, folks, you've been listening, cool. collecting the Beatles. Be good, be safe, spread peace and love. All right. See ya. Thank you, Troy. See ya. Thanks. Next time. Bye, everyone.